Uh, my name is uh, John Davis. I'm here with Heidi Barnes. We, uh, again, brother and sister, and uh, just uh, fortunate enough to have uh, published and released uh, two new novels uh, at the same time. Fair warning, though, uh, we use aliases as, as brother and sister. Heidi Ho has been shortened to just Ho, and my name is Joe, which isn't shortened from anything. I guess it's because it rhymes with Ho. So we uh, we are very appreciative. Want to thank uh, Adam, uh, Andrew, forgive me, Andrew Tyson, and Rare Bird for this opportunity for the uh, iCast. And we'd like to welcome all those uh, to the Ho and Joe show. Uh, Heidi, would you uh, would you like to go first and talk about your uh, your new novel, or would you like me to go? Oh no, what? It, no, you go first. You go first. Yeah, Joe, please. Oh, I'll. Oh, I'll do it. My name's John Davis, and the name of my novel is Crisis Blue. And Crisis Blue uh, focuses on terrorism returning to our shores, uh, uh, the American shores. And and it was written because of the concern for nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare. You know, the focus today is on Mexico and building a fence, uh, a 2,000-mile fence. And I I think that's appropriate, and I think it's going to slow down the influx of uh, uh, the drug traffic and the and, and human traffic as well, and also the concern for uh, uh, terrorism uh, and terrorists coming across our, our borders. But I think we've got to remain very vigilant uh, because it's just not the 2,000 miles across Mexico that's a concern. If you look at the east, the west, and in the Gulf Coast, uh, that adds another 8,000 miles of, of uh, tough-to-protect area. And then Canada to the north adds another 4,000 miles. So there's another 12,000 miles that, uh, uh, in essence, there will be no fence around. And then you add a new dimension of any attack uh, on the United States coming from the air. That is of great concern. So that was my focus on, on something uh, uh, something horrible, uh, the potential for it happening in the U.S. And, and in the novel, I've got a number of undercurrents, which uh, hopefully make uh, the novel uh, truly exciting and politically explosive. But that's where I am. Heidi, tell us about the Bellman. Yeah. Well, oh, well no, I just want to say in response to that, because I only just read your book like a week ago. I know I, I should have read it earlier, but I only read it a week ago. <laughs> Sorry about that. And uh, I mean, I that's just cool. thought it was amazing. It was it was incredible because it is, you know, a real life threat, especially today, um, and such a concern with everybody. Um, and you're you being an emergency room doctor and a graduate of the Naval Academy, you have expertise in all these areas. So you, from your eyes, um, hearing everything that goes on and the worry and the threat, and our dad having written a book as well, having been in the Navy for 25 years, um, on the same kind of threat, but at that time Russia was the main threat. You know, it's just uh, you're more aware than most of these the, the threats and the worries, and it's scary stuff today, especially today. Um, and so I found it fascinating and I love the characters and I can't wait till the next novel comes out because it left me wondering, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Um, so anyway, in that, in that regard, I loved it. And having lived in the Middle East, 
um, you know, that just put another perspective for me on it. Um, so I loved it. Um, so I look forward to book number two. <laughs> and uh, oh. my book I wrote um, because, you know, it's a, it's a, the Bellman, and it takes place in Bar Harbor, Maine, and it's a young boy trying to figure out what he wants to do in life, uh, as so many kids do after they graduate high school, and they're trying to figure out their way and and he had so many dreams and aspirations and goals and he ends up getting a job in this big luxury inn um, in Maine and and amongst eclectic guests and and odd staff and you know just it's about figuring out your way and and in life really everyone's Bellman or has been the bellman at one point in time. I think I am still the bellman today. You're waiting for that one person to give you a shot, you know? And so for me, that's, you know, it's more mainstream, but I um, was very passionate about it because of course it was about, it takes place in my brother John and my summer home up in Maine. It was our summer home that our parents turned into an inn. So when I graduated high school, I ran it for seven years. And so that's real. I wanted to remember the, sto- the types of stories, the kinds of people. And, and just I just wanted to keep that with me because I was so passionate about it. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of where we start off. But I didn't even know you were even writing a book. <laughs> we didn't even know yeah. the other I don't think was writing a book. It just happened that way, right? Yeah. And then you know, that's what really makes it so bizarre. It you just and I. runs in the family. And and then our dad wrote a book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and dad wrote it. The name of the book was Shadow Apparel. And dad was a submarine skipper at the time. He skippered a, a diesel boat uh, out of uh, Pearl Harbor. And he was just caught by the bug and wanted to write. And it was about a, uh, a Soviet submarine skipper sinking his uh, his boat into New York Harbor. And on the cover, you have a picture of the Statue of Liberty and the crosshairs of the periscope. And what really drove me into writing was Dad talking about getting together with a publisher. And Doubleday uh, published it. And whomever was the editor back then, I, I can't trigger on the name. And he'd have martinis with the editor. And I said, my God, that sounds like a good thing for me. I, I think I want to write and drink martinis <laughs> if I can find a, a publisher. And uh, so I was always sort of inspired by that. He got a chuckle out of it. It was a bestseller for 12 weeks uh, with Double Day. And I think he really had wow. fun doing it. And uh, he wrote a second book called uh, The Boy and the Glass Turtle, which was about one of the first, uh, mm-hmm. very first submarines. And but I think just mm-hmm. ran out of steam. I know uh, that's amazing. Get, I have that get that baby to market. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. anyway, what uh, I, you know, it's just absolutely. What are the odds that a brother and sister not talking to one another with with you know <laughs> about book writing? We talk to one another yeah. all the time and and have co- <laughs> have cocktail hour uh, together over the phone usually and frequently and and uh, but what Heidi. What drove you to write this novel? I know you're right, uh, running that beautiful inn in on Frenchman's Bay in Bar Harbor, Maine. What drove yeah, you? Yeah. That- well, for me, it was just because it was our family's inn. And I remember, you know, because our parents 
re, you know, acquired it when, well, when I was five, you were a little older, <laughs> mind you. I oh, won't say oh, how much. Yeah, um, just call granny, granddad. Rem- granddad, <laughs> I won't bring that into it. Well, when <laughs> I was about eight, I went, I went down to the water. I so wanted to write, and I walked down to the water um, over the, you know, deep steep uh area that we had to go down by the rocks and sat the on rock the rocks and I thought, yeah. Oh my God, I'm so inspired to write. You know, looking at the water and the boats going by, the lobster boats, the seagulls above and, and everything. And uh I sat there with my pen and paper and I couldn't think of anything to write about. I think I wrote two sentences. And I came back up, you know, I was just you know, upset that I couldn't think of anything to write about trekked up the hill on walking up to the our beautiful home turned in and who knew 20 years later that's what I would be writing about because sometimes you just need to wait till you get the story in you you have that desire and compassion to write but you just got to wait till that story enters in you so I always wanted to write I always wanted to write it was just a matter of what I wanted to write about so it's always very passionate to me because you know the as you know, the inn and the baby with the main, it was such a huge part of our lives, you know. So uh, uh, that that for me is just, you know, ongoing. I just can't get enough of it. <laughs> and the stories are yeah. ongoing. <laughs> Everything that happened yeah. before it was an inn and after it was in, <laughs> the stories are <laughs> ongoing, you know. Yeah. Well, you know what I, I find? But you always. Is, uh, the beauty. I oh, I didn't hear you. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting oh. here on Santa Monica Beach, looking out at the water. So I have a little bit of, you know, cyclists going by, and a little bit of music going by. There's always action here. I'm not by the. I'm by the pier. So, <laughs> so yeah. forgive oh, me. There's an occasional car. There's an occasional car that goes by. I'm not complaining. It's November, and I'm in the total warmth here. <laughs> so I'm not complaining. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm loving oh, it. I just can't always hey, hear. Uh, what I was, what I was gonna, what I was gonna add is that whole area of uh, Bar Harbor, uh, Maine. Bar Harbor is a, a, the the largest city on Mount Desert Island. It's three quarters of the way up the coast in Maine, and it is just magical there. And the the, the beauty and and just the action. And as Heidi had uh, relayed, the lobster boats going by, the seagulls chasing the lobster boats, and and the the, the people you meet. It is really neat. But I think. Also, what set it off for me is, you know, the surroundings can get you stoked. And, and uh, the, uh, the inn, which was our summer home that uh, Heidi is referring to, was built in 1931 for $500,000. It was called the Bayview. And it's 25,000 square feet. It sits right on Frenchman's Bay. And it is just spectacular. Built by a Medal of Honor winner, uh, a Captain uh, George McMurtry, Medal of Honor winner in World War One toward the end of the war. And the antiques in the home are just uh, just really uh, unique. So inside, inside the home, spectacular. Outside, just the nature uh, was was uh, just intoxicating. And, if you, and certainly, if you got into Acadia National. National Park, it was inspiring as well, and on the carriage trails and all. So, uh, Heidi, I can see, yeah. I, I, I just can visualize what you've written, 
And but I think the mm-hmm. beauty is the characters and uh, Stanley Douglas and how you weave them all together. You've got the, you mm-hmm. got you run the gamut. So you you got you run the gamut well, with this group. I, I, Did you have fun with that? <laughs> well, you oh, I had fun with that. I loved it. Are you kidding me? And I'm working on book two now. So the sequel is on its way. And you too. You too. And we both, it's funny that we both have the inn in there, and um, which was our summer home. But we, yeah. you have it as a national naval defense. Is it naval defense um, yeah. area? Is that yeah, what you have it as in your novel? Well, I had it as a yeah. national security agency, and only because of the threat on yeah. Washington D.C. Uh, yeah, I and said, I thought well, that was really do, neat. Let's do something a little unique and, and get this very, very important agency uh, away uh, out of harm's way. You know, because you would assume D.C. or New York would be uh, cities yeah. would be first attack. So, and it gave me an excuse to bring mm-hmm. Bar Harbor into it, and the fond memories. Yeah. But but I think that was fabulous because I know we call it different names, but you know you brought it in and it makes sense because it was so close. It's so close to New York, um, which is a main hubbub of business and and uh, security, and yet it was just off the beaten path where the naval um, security would be, you know, uh, more protected. I believe. You know, yeah. um, they yeah. could operate, you know, a little more securely. Well, because we had, you know, uh, Mobutu up there years ago yeah. um, and uh, the same sort of thing. We had the FBI, CIA, all the national security when Mobutu came to visit in Bar Harbor when it was in on his way to yeah. Canada for a summit meeting. Um, so we've been through all that. They do come there, but it's just a very secure area. So I think I thought that was brilliant, and to have it take place in the winter when a lot, not a lot, is going on, and and I thought that was fabulous. But you did steal my dog's name, Schnapps. You know, I want you to know you're you're always taking my dog's name. You took Schnapps, and, and you took Tiki. <laughs> but that's okay. I'll let you. I'll let you have that one. But I'm just saying. I have it. I have it. I kept my way in Shandon in mind. Uh, I have the defense, and at my advanced age, I, I forget things, and again, I don't get quite as creative. <laughs> so I did take the dog yeah. Schnapps, and and it's important. It, it's important <laughs> for those brave enough or courageous enough to still be listening. <laughs> it's important to know that Heidi <laughs> names all her Heidi Ho the Ho the Ho names all her animals after Boos. <laughs> I, I I found that well, inspirational, Heidi. Inspirational. <laughs> well, it just but we we missed tequila. I have Moai and Chandon in my book. You have Schnapps. We have to get tequila in there. You know, yeah. we need tequila. Yeah. Maybe I think you have Tiki. Tiki was her nickname. Um, but yeah. uh, and it's just because it's it's not that I you drink much. It's just that I get on a roll of <laughs> staying cons- consistent. <laughs> I believe in being consistent, um, you know, in whatever uh-huh. you do. And, and you keep a theme. You keep a theme. You know, some people do movie themes. I, you know, some people do book themes. I do, you know, drink themes with my animals. But I do have a cat named Tigger, so that's all. Yeah. <laughs> so I 
well, you don't have a dog there. named Empty, do you? You don't have a dog <laughs> named Empty, do you? No, no, I do not. No. I'm going to have to start a new theme now. <laughs> no, I'll have to, I'll have gonna, to start a, a new name. <laughs> yeah, we're oh, gonna hey, have I to, have to we're say have to one thing, on though, I have to tell you. <laughs> I'm, cha- I'm veering course here, though, but I just had somebody, I was at a party last night, and somebody told me about a place on Santa Monica Pier that serves Maine lobster. I haven't had Maine lobster in yeah. ages, so I went there just for lunch today and had a lobster roll. Couldn't believe it. Just oh, on the pier, looking out at the water. Fabulous. Oh. And the guy, the server, was from Maine. Yeah. And he said they get uh, Maine lobster flown in daily. And it was unbelievable. So I feel a part of the book more more so because I needed that Maine lobster I got. I, you have to have that when, oh. you know, as as we grew up with it. You're just like, oh, my God, you crave it every so often. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, you know, there's some beautiful places we used mm-hmm. to hang out there, and you you call one Nick's Nick's for breakfast, and then Aussie's for, was the uh, pub on Main Square, <laughs> and that just uh, really brought exactly. uh, you know some memories to life. And and what's so unique about that town is uh, the town certainly is seasonal, and when the town opens up, all these uh, all these hotels like the May uh, the Maycliff and all these other restaurants are scrambling to open up, uh, get personnel, get everything cleaned up, and get ready uh, for the short season, which is 150 days. It's longer now that, uh, or extended 150 days now that uh, you get the change of the seasons and, and, and uh, you know, a, a different demographic is heading to that area, you know, in, in uh, September and early yeah. October. But uh, it is, uh, it, it's just really, uh, really unique. And in the same, but what yeah. really sets it off too is here you look at this bustling town of Bar Harbor, and and the third week of October, all these plywood boards go up on ninety percent uh, of the buildings, and everyone's gone, mm-hmm. and and it just is mm-hmm. is a bizarre feeling. You feel like you're being deserted. <laughs> because the whole town virtually shuts down, and and millions of tourists that were on the island for that uh, summer are gone, and uh, mm-hmm. so and and then uh, you know, so it it's just uh, it's it's strange, and then uh, uh, certainly as you you roll into the winter, you know people get cabin oh. fever, personalities change. I try to inject some of the you know squirreliness, the squirreliness, the squirrely factor into into some of the characters yeah. that that we. we <laughs> Yeah, I call the pub well, instead. Of, I, yeah, in my well, novel, I call the pub uh, Chowderhead instead of Aussies. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I call it Aussies. I know, same place, same place, but we call it different names. And and again, again, different names, same place. And it's funny because we didn't even talk to each other about that. We just did that, and we didn't yeah, even know yeah, the I know other it. was really writing a book. You know, which is the odd, oddest thing. We had no idea the other was writing a book. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe you knew oh, I was because I started mine like a million years ago, but <laughs> I didn't know you yeah. were. But you know, I love the fact you backtrack in between 
you know, you're in the emergency room, which you're, you know, your emergency room doctor. So obviously you're so knowledgeable about, and then you go into terrorism and all this and which you're so knowledgeable about only because, you know, you were in the Navy and you know, the threats and dad was in the Navy and knows the threats and wrote that book. So I think that's fascinating. You go back and forth to different scenes in the book, which I just found, you know, kept me on my toes and page turner wanted to know what was happening. I left it though. I just wanted it at the very last page. I was like, that's not enough. I want more. <laughs> What's the yeah. next thing? Because it was fascinating because you are, you, you've got your, your, that's your area of expertise, you know? So that has yeah, to be well, fun writing, you know, but yeah. also real life, Gary, you know, especially in yeah. today's yeah. world. Yeah, well, I had to break it up in a lot of regards, in, uh, you know, just to keep that flow there and try and run, uh, you know, the uh, the reader highs and lows. And in my thought in tying in the emergency uh, room in that whole area is, is that there's a high probability that that's how we're going to know that we're under attack. And you may be, you may have sick right. patients that trickle in and, and that are suspicious in nature where they're presenting signs and symptoms, or, or you may have a flood of patients. In fact, I'll tell you, shortly after 9-11, we had a drill at a, uh, at, at a residency uh, in Louisiana. And it was a mass casualty right. drill, and everyone, I can't recall if it was a chemical or biological weapon exposure, but they, they had hundreds of people in the parking lot, and, and some of the, uh, the techs and nurses in hazmat suits, and it was so bizarre because it, it, it can happen and it will happen, uh, God, God forbid, but, but uh, yeah. and just seeing how do you take care of all these patients, it wouldn't even, and, and simple things, you wouldn't even... Know that they are not going to allow these these patients that are dying, infected with whatever. You know they're not going to allow them into the mm-hmm. hospital because then they're going to affect the nurses and the doctors. And and these people in hazmat right. suits in Louisiana in the summer are good for 30 minutes before they probably have heat exhaustion or heat stroke. And basically they're putting on tags on people's toes, salvageable, not salvageable really scary scenario and if you turn on the news today we're all focused on conventional weapons and god awful uh, uh acts of violence and uh, that that have gone on in belgium and, and france and, and and the loss of uh lives and also in, in in florida and uh just 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 horrific and you know they're going to switch from conventional weapons again to nuclear biological or chemical and in uh so I had to weave in the emergency room setting, and really in a humorous setting, and all those stories I tell are true, and they are bizarre and different than any other stories you've ever heard. And but I weave mm-hmm. the whole story through that, you know, and then it, uh, and then from the ER it takes on uh, many many twists and turns, and and uh, 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 the, the hero and the heroine. The reported uh, suspicious findings in the ER basically are set up and they're on the run because set up because they're uh, right. uh, they're ruining the, the terrorist their terrorist coup de grace and so uh, anyway mm-hmm. uh, that that's why the ER and that's and so like true that. to life though yeah 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 mm-hmm. and, and I, I again high probability you know something bad happens in the U.S. it's going to present through the ER we won't know we're under attack and, and so. 
you know, these suspicious things go on. Hey, Heidi, let me ask you, what was the most challenging aspect of writing The Bellman, would you say? You wrote it over a number of years, right? Right, right. Most challenging? Um, I don't, I think it just, it was, for me, it was just a matter of finding the time, enough hours in the day to sit down and write, um, you know, yeah. with, you know, clear head, just sitting. I mean, that is the biggest challenge for me. I just need to, you know, when you're writing, uh, so many people, there's so many, everybody has a book inside them, you know, and, and they want, yeah. I think a lot of people have a desire to write and sit down and I encourage them to sit down and write. Um, it's a matter of setting aside an, enough hours uninterrupted where you can really concentrate, focus on what you want to write about. And and that was the main thing for me. And just recollecting everything, just, I just, it was so important to me. You, you got to go back in time, put yourself in that situation and what everyone would do and what everyone was doing. And, and to me, that's just fascinating about writing. And, and I think, you know, books, you know, they are the eyes to a different world that you would never, ever get the chance to experience. And so whoever is writing, whatever they're writing about, they're, they're writing through their eyes. And you just, you know, life's too short. You wouldn't get the chance to experience all these things. So you experience yeah. it through yeah. the eyes of the author who has knowledge of these experiences and, and through their insights. And that is what is fascinating about books and reading books. You know, um, you get to venture into these different worlds, venture in, venture out, mm-hmm. blah, 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 because you'd never be able to do it in a whole lifetime. Um, so I, to me, it was it was easy in the aspect that I had such a passion for it, as you seem like you had a passion for yours, obviously, you did. Um, and, and I think most writers have a passion for whatever they're writing about. So I find it easier, but it's just the challenge is finding that time to set, you know, set aside to just absolutely get in that zone of, you know, focusing on yeah. what you want to write about and thinking about it and your your knowledge. You, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, you know. Your experience? Was, or- uh, just, just keep, it was keeping after it, keeping the story fresh, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. How do you make this unique? And, and so, and, and, you know, you may be taken off, you write a chapter and you're taken off in one direction and you go, Man, I don't know. Let me let me think about it. something's not right. And you think about it, and son of a gun, I mean, the more time and effort and thought um, you put into it, the more you say it. No, let's let's jog to the left on this uh, on this aspect. And because you can have the whole thing sort of written down in a time sequence and in in uh, uh, how you'd like to proceed, but it all changes. And and and, and so you need the flexibility. Right. And I think that's the beauty of it. To see where the journey takes, right. because I think each chapter moves you in a in a different yeah. direction. But hey, one other thing to say exactly. in, in uh, your in your character, Stanley Douglas, who's who's just be, a young man, finished college, goes up, he's working at the May Cliff. What I really enjoyed is the cast of characters, and and how you wove them into his life and what he learned. Uh, from them and the highs and the lows, the good and the evil and people and his highs and lows, uh, 
you know, is encouraged or, or discouraged. And, and uh, so it, and it just came together beautifully. Beautifully. Mm. Well, thanks. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad welcome. you finally Uh-oh. read it. <laughs> and I'm glad I finally read yours. <laughs> no. Oh, but my. I, I, my. I know. And your, and, and, your main character, your main character, um, um, I can't remember now his name. Rex uh, Bent. Rex, Rex Bent. Right. Um, yeah. He, he, yeah. He and uh, Tristy, right? Uh-huh. Um, right. They were they were inspiring because you feel for them um, when yeah. they're going through their journey, and everybody has been in a position. Maybe it's not been in terrorism, but everybody's been in that position of threat where. You are wrongfully, I won't say too much about it, but wrongfully accused of something yeah. and, yeah. you know, you're kind of out on the run. Um, I won't yeah. say too much because I won't give anything away. But ever, I think everybody in life has been in a position like that where they feel they have to prove themselves and they're on the run. And it's, it's kind of very frightening, you know, well, especially in a position of terrorism, but you know, uh, most people on a lesser level, but I think that was fascinating and they were real life, you know, people that you could, you could relate to, you know? So I thought that was uh, stunning. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Now, speaking now you have line, to give me a copy. Would you give me a hard copy, please? <laughs> I I'd like a you. signed hard it. copy. Oh, I didn't sign it. I just sent it. I, 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 I uh, sent oh, it up through uh, You didn't Amazon. sign it? Or are you going to have to no, sign I, it? You're gonna... Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, and, and I guess you bought mine online, too. So I'll sign yours when I see you next. <laughs> How about that? We'll swap coffee. I think we'll, we'll uh, sit on Santa Monica Beach, have a snort, and eat a lobster roll, and uh, and just watch those pretty waves crash in. I am so envious. I can't I, tell you. I, the sunshine. I think that. I think that sounds like a plan. I cannot complain. I'm sitting here. I'm so warm. Toes in sand. Looking at. The water, I can hear it crashing the waves, and everybody's oh, so man. relaxed, and uh, it is absolutely <laughs> stunning. I cannot complain, you know. Um, yeah. Having come from Vancouver recently, which I do love, Vancouver, Canada, a little rainy right now, uh, but to be in, in November in this weather is just stunning. So, no complaints yeah. on this well, end. <laughs> and for the boss to, uh, uh, to dry out on your body. That Vancouver is just <laughs> always wet. <laughs> well, for for a few months this time of year, yes. <laughs> yeah, God. Okay. But, well, so, uh, so Joe, we have to. You you keep me informed about book two. I'll keep you okay. informed about book two. We can converse, maybe because now we know we're each writing another book. We can converse, maybe, you know, throw things out at each other. 
see what sound, you know, and, and inspire one another in the second book. How's that sound? I like I like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Did you have good. anything else to add about the Bellman? Uh, no, I don't think so. I just, you know, I'm just passionate about it, and it has been an ongoing, um, it, you know, lifelong desire to write this book and I finally completed it after so many years and I I'm just ecstatic about it I just I'm thrilled personally so that that's all I have to to add and you yeah, yeah oh I just uh no I uh you, I think uh, the, without giving away too, too prices blue you have uh, prices blue yeah that's right that's right and at least uh you know, uh, Heidi and I, uh, the whole and I, are very appreciative, uh, again, to Andrew and Tyson and uh, those fantastic folks at uh, Rare Bird in L.A. that uh, had the courage to, to publish our novels and uh, uh, just a wonderful opportunity. This is our 15 minutes of, uh, of fame, Heidi Ho. And uh, uh, <laughs> so I look forward to hanging with you on the beach and getting our second novels uh, launched. Yeah, me too, Joe. Thanks. 